This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, March 12th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Downey. Here's today's headlines. China follows through on soy buys slowly. WTO gets hill focus. Trump presses deep cuts. And New York City kids go meatless. Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer to speak to House Democrats on USMCA. House Democrats have a lot of concerns about provisions in the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade deal, and they're going to air them directly to U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer tomorrow on Capitol Hill. That's according to Ways and Means Chairman Richard Neal of Massachusetts as he spoke with AgriPulse. Some of the biggest concerns troubling Democratic lawmakers center on enforcement for labor standards. USMCA is supposed to boost auto workers' wages in all three countries and give Mexican union members access to collective bargaining. But many lawmakers believe those standards won't be uniformly enforced. For a deeper dive into Democratic concerns over USMCA, look for Bill Thompson's report in this week's AgriPulse newsletter. It hits inboxes tomorrow. China buys about 1 million tons of U.S. soy. There's still no date set for a summit between the U.S. and Chinese presidents, but China appears to be following through on its promise to buy more U.S. soybeans even as the trade war continues. USDA announced yesterday an export sale of 926,000 metric tons of U.S. soy to China in the current 1819 market a year, that following a sale of 664,000 tons last week. Chinese Vice Premier Liu He promised last month purchases of 10 million tons. National Economic Council Director Larry Kudlow said on Fox News Sunday he was still, quote, bullish on a trade deal happening, but... He also refused to speculate on the possibility that President Trump and Chinese President Xi Jinping would meet in March or April. WTO takes spotlight in a Senate hearing. The Senate Finance Committee today will be looking into the World Trade Organization and the Trump administration's reform demands threatening to hobble the WTO system for resolving international disputes. Trade Representative Lighthizer will be the sole witness at the hearing that is sure to examine U.S. claims of protectionist practices by developing WTO countries as well as U.S. refusals to approve any new appellate judges. There are only three appellate judges in place now, the bare minimum, thanks to the U.S. blocking nominations, and that number could drop to just one by December. Now keep in mind, U.S. Chamber of Commerce published a warning ahead of the hearing, warning against killing a trade system on which the U.S. depends. If the U.S. were to pull out of the WTO, Chamber cautioned the other 163 WTO member states, representing 99% of the world economy, would be free to raise their tariffs against the U.S. exports as high as they liked, and Washington would have no legal recourse. Budget redo. Crop insurance and SNAP targeted. President Trump's third budget looks a lot like the first two, especially when it comes to USDA. The fiscal 2020 proposal once again targets crop insurance, about $26 billion in cuts over 10 years, and the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, especially for deep reductions. 
The proposals to reform SNAP are intended to please Trump's base while generating big savings needed to offset other spending priorities. The proposed cuts in crop insurance, which include eliminating the harvest price option, are of a different sort. The Office of Management and Budget has been regularly proposing cuts like these since before Trump took office. The proposals have no chance of getting past the House or the Senate Ag Committees, but these ideas could resurface in budget negotiations down the road and in future administrations. Some other takeaways from the budget. Well, can Purdue save his ERS plan? Ag Secretary Sonny Purdue's plan to relocate the Economic Research Service and National Institute of Food and Agriculture is in trouble. Purdue is asking Congress for $25 million to carry out a move that is strongly opposed by key House Democrats. Getting that money will be tough. Plus, the budget repeats last year's proposal to cut the ERS budget in half. That proposal fueled questions about the administration's true motives for moving ERS. Where are the budget advocates, you might ask? USDA no longer defends the president's budget the way they once did. The secretary and undersecretaries used to hold briefings to answer questions about the budget in the afternoon of the release. And at one time, reporters who covered USDA regularly were briefed ahead of the budget's release so officials could highlight, explain, and defend special and specific programs. That's no longer the case. Secretary Purdue released a short statement yesterday that didn't address any of the budget's specifics. Deep EPA cuts will be ignored again. EPA's fiscal year 2020 budget proposal follows in the tradition of previous Trump proposals by seeking to shift a more responsibility to the states, which have historically been financially challenged, but in recent years have also had to face diminishing federal support. For congressional appropriators, criticizing EPA's budget will be like shooting fish in a barrel. EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler will be forced to defend a document that would slash his agency's funding by 31% and its number of employees by nearly 2,000, a 13.6% decrease. And in the end, most or all of the programs the administration is seeking to eliminate, including $170 million of non-point source pollution grants and more than $400 million in grants to help restore the Chesapeake Bay, Great Lakes, Gulf of Mexico, and other water bodies, will all survive. New York schools going vegan on Monday. New York City is expanding its Meatless Monday campaign to all its public schools for the next school year. School officials will let students look over the menu and provide feedback before it's all finalized this fall. Mayor Bill de Blasio says the campaign will help reduce the city's greenhouse gas emissions. The program began with 15 schools in Brooklyn in 2018. By the way, USDA's Agriculture Research Service is out with a study estimating beef cattle account for 3.3% of all U.S. carbon emissions, compared to transportation and electricity generation, which account for 56%. Agriculture overall accounts for 8.4% of U.S. carbon emissions, that according to EPA. Looking ahead, the Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee holds its first meeting March 28th and 29th in the Jefferson Auditorium of the USDA South Building. This will launch the development of the updated guidelines due in 2020. 
Online registration begins March 19th and ends March 26th. You can learn more at www.dietaryguidelines.gov. NRCS mulls changes in practice standards. The Natural Resources Conservation Service is asking for comments on how to give growers more flexibility in meeting NRCS standards for a wide range of conservation practices, from anaerobic digesters to wetland restoration. A Federal Register notice published yesterday opens a 45-day comment period during which NRCS is looking for, among other things, peer-reviewed studies that support changes in standards. The Farm Bill gives USDA until December 19th to complete an expedited review of the standards. And finally, here's today's He Said It. Making daylight savings time permanent is okay with me. That President Trump on his Twitter feed. Well, that is Daybreak for this Tuesday, March 12th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Gallagher.